Today's reading will be from the Gospel of Matthew, the ninth chapter, the 35th verse through the 10th chapter, the 8th verse. Hear these words. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. He called his 12 disciples to him, and he gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew. James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. Philip and Bartholomew. Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector. James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus, son, Thaddeus Simon the zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who would betray him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse those who have leprosy. Drive out demons. Freely you have received freely give. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Ever equipping God as I speak, may you increase and I decrease. May the words you have given me for this message be seeds that rest in our hearts that we might bear fruit for you here on earth. And may I be bold and courageous in speaking what it is you've given me to speak. And may we as your people have ears that hear. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. Let's get to work. Let's get to work. Let's get up and let's go to work. Now, I don't know about you, but some people think work's a, a naughty word especially when it's as hot outside as it is and the humidity is like a wall and you want to go outside and do something, but you can't even make it off the back porch without pouring in sweat. I have a joke with one of my friends about how many, how many pairs of clothes can you wear in a day because you've sweated through them so many times because of your work. Because of your work. This, this day we live in, we have a lot of work to do. And there is a lot of work for us as the disciples of Christ, people who believe in Jesus for us to do in the world. Our world is hungry. When Jesus said the, the fields were ripe for the harvest, that applies to our world today in so many different ways. We are ripe for the harvest. Our world needs to understand what love really is and what the love of God really looks like. But the workers are few because what happens in our world is we want to take sides. 
We want to take sides. One time I was doing a job with a couple of friends and, and one of them wanted to stand to the side and figure out how we could best get the job done. What each little step was to get the job done before we ever started the job. And I'm the kind that just digs into the job and gets after the job and we get it done. We take each step as it comes instead of planning for every step. And for a little bit, there were two sides in that job. The planners were over here and the doers were over here. But before we ever got through, we had to get the planners and the doers together. And that's what Jesus is trying to do with his disciples. He's trying to call the church into accountability of the day that church, it's time for us to go to work. Our world is hungry right now to be loved. Our world is hungry for someone to do the work. My phone has been going off week, all week asking two questions. First question is, what are we going to do as a church to address the issues that are in society today? To, to address racism? To, to address the inequalities of our world? What are we going to do in this world today as a church? And the second one is, where do we start? And I, I couldn't find it more appropriate today than for a, a scripture to be about work and the work of the church. Jesus calls us together as disciples and, and he calls his disciples together. And he says, now is the time for you to get busy. Now is the time, church, for us to go to work. The alarm has gone off. It's time for us to punch our card. It's time for us to get to work. But what does that look like? What does that look like? If we're going to go to work for God in this world today, what does that look like? Jesus gave his disciples strict instruction on what to do. Strict instruction on what to do. I remember when I worked at a warehouse facility going through college that the boss there, we had these things called work orders. And it was a university warehouse. And so the the departments of the university would send in jobs that they needed us to do. And every day we had to come in and we had to look at the work orders. And if we looked at the work orders, then we knew what our day looked like. And we knew that if we could get all the work orders done, we could go home early. So we would always go and we would check in with the boss and we would say, what do we do? And he would always point us over to the work order board. It was a clipboard and it was hanging on a nail and it said, work orders to be done. And we would have to go over and we'd have to thumb through the work orders and say, okay, we're going to go move 45 tables. We're going to go sit with 35 chairs. We're going to go move this professor's office, blah, blah, blah. All these things we had to do. But we always checked the work orders and we knew what we needed to do. Jesus, in the scripture today, gives us a work order list. Where to go heal the sick. Cure those who are hurting. Raise those who are dead. And folks, if you pay attention to the news, there's a lot of people who are sick out there. There's a lot of people who are hurting out there. And there are a tremendous amount of people who are dead to the Spirit of God. And it's our job as believers in the Christ to get to work, to get to work and, and do some of the things you don't really like to do. 
I was tasked this week with a task that's probably not my favorite task. I had to blow up an inflatable swimming pool. And that inflatable swimming pool had three big tubes, one on the bottom, one in the middle, and one on the top. And these lungs are only so big. But God gave me a brain, right? In my shop is an air compressor. And fortunately, it has a long hose. And so what I did is I went and I sat in the grass with this lifeless form of a swimming pool. And I stuck that hose in there and it began to blow it up. But then it became work because I had to struggle to make sure that the pool was taking shape and not as much air was coming out as was going in. And all those struggles of trying to get a pool put together so people could have fun. And I'm not saying it was hard work because it certainly wasn't hard work. But it was a little bit frustrating to make sure that all the air would stay in the tube and not come out when I would take the air hose away. And that that it would get tight enough that it would hold the water that it was supposed to hold. And so we as the people of God have to understand that when God calls us to work, it can be frustrating. How many of you claim yourselves to be healers? How many of you claim yourselves to be people who can remove leprosy from people? How about the people who can raise someone from the dead? The truth of the matter is you all are. You all are healers. You're all people who can raise someone from the dead. And I'm talking spiritual dead. Because you have the Holy Spirit in you. You have the power of God in you that will go with you. And Jesus says, go and do what I have been doing in this world. Every person we look at, we have an opportunity to share the love of God. Last week, I shared one of the things I was doing was listening to people. Because, see, if you'll listen to people, you'll figure out what the work is. You'll figure out why God has you in front of that person. You'll figure out what it is you need to ask the Holy Spirit for to help in the situation. And it may be you just need to listen. That somebody needs to unload on you or somebody needs to share with you. Or maybe that listening to one person will catapult you into work with other people. And it will give you a plan. But the work that Christ has called us to do is a work of healing. Forgiveness. What's that about? It's called healing. If you forgive someone, it's not only good for that person, but it's good for you. And you begin to heal one another. And in this country, we need to forgive one another. We need to give, forgive our forefathers. We need to forgive those who created racism and, the, and those who have carried it on and taught it. We need to move forward to where we forgive each other and we can move into what is called reconciliation. That's the hard work of the church. Because when you move to reconciliation, I can forgive you and you can forgive me and we'll never talk again. It's good for you. It's good for me. We're good. But if we're going to love each other and we're going to be in relationship with each other, we have to reconcile. We have to reconcile with one another. We have to come together, the work of God. We have to sit at the table with one another. We have to be at work in our community with one another. We have to recognize each individual as a valued creation in this world put on here by God. 
created by God. It doesn't matter what their gender is. It doesn't matter what the color of their skin is. It doesn't matter what their social status is. We are called to be the people of God. And in this world today, the weight is heavy for us to take sides. The weight is heavy for us to to choose a side and stand on the side. But that's not what God is calling us to do. God is calling us as the church to love one another, to reconcile with all people, to forgive those we've offended that have we've offended and to reconcile relationships to where we can truly be together as community in this world. That's the work of the church to heal. To cross bridges that haven't been crossed or to fix a bridge that has been burned and to raise people from the dead. That's the greatest work we can do. The greatest work we can do. Klein Oak coach Jason Glenn says this. He was addressing his players as they were gathering for practice. And he said this to him. He said, we will not be divided. We won't be divided on terms of race. We will not be divided on class. We will not be divided on social status. We will be together on character and heart. We will be unified by character of the individual and heart. A professional football player, a a coach who coached in the NFL, who now coaches at the high school level because he wants to raise quality young men through his coaching spoke truth into their lives and said, this is how you love one another. Because of your heart and because of your character that you have. You have the ability to heal that which is wrong in this world if you choose to come together. If you choose to follow the Christ and do the work of the Christ, we have the ability to do that. So our work order list is to heal, to love, and to raise people from the dead. And we're empowered by the Holy Spirit. And why is Jesus calling us to that purpose? This is Matthew's greatest crux in his whole gospel. Why does he push the issue that we as the church need to get busy? Because the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. Brian Simmons says in his interpretation called the passion, he says, heaven is so close you can touch it. We are struggling for new birth in our nation. We are struggling to right some old wrongs. We are struggling for a more intimate relationship among individuals, a more unified community. And we, the church, are the ones who can lead the way in the work because we know the kingdom of heaven is so close you can touch it. If you're going to birth something, you have to go through the birth pain. If we're going to birth something new in this nation, it has to be, we have to go through the hard work and the pain of getting the job done. And we do that because we know God is so close, we can touch God. We know God is with us in everything that we do. So what what do we do as a church? We get to work. We get to work. Healing people. Rebuilding relationships. Raising people from the dead. And then there's that next question. Where do we start? 
Because if you look at the problem, it's global. If you look at human relations across this world, we've lost respect for humanity. We've lost respect for human life. And we, the people of God, need to claim that back again. But where do we start? Jesus gave a great example and great instruction to his disciples. Don't go to the Gentiles. As the church, we would think we need to cross the borders, right? Don't go to the Gentiles. In fact, don't even go to the Samaritans. You start at home. Go find the lost sheep of Israel. You start right here. You start with your very self. And you listen. Because there's not a person in here or a person who's watching or a person who hears this message who doesn't have work to do. We all have work to do in understanding what it means to love one another. We all have work to do in, in understanding what it mean, means to bring, a, bring about equality in humanity. We all have work to do in what it means to bring about peace like shalom. And there's no place for us to start but with us. With us. And if we'll start with us, and we'll sit and we'll listen and we'll explore and we'll educate and be willing to be educated, then we can move to our family. And we can sit around the table at night and we can talk to our, our kids and we talk to our spouse. We can talk to those that gather with us over a meal and we can talk about what it means to love one another and what it is maybe we've done wrong. But what it is we need to forgive somebody for or what it is we need to change in the way we treat people. And then if our family can start to love another family and then another family can start to love another family and then we can come together as a community called church and we can get our eyes and our hearts focused on the Holy Spirit of God and we can go and we can move from that church and one church can begin to love another church and maybe a church who is, is white can love a church who is black. And a church who is black can love a church who is Hispanic. And maybe we can all come together. Not trying to be the big brother or the best church. But just trying to love one another for the sake of the gospel. Because that's what God calls us to do. Is to heal. To walk amongst the sick of the world. To raise people from the dead. If you're not loving others as Christ is loving others, you're dead. If you're not empowering the Holy Spirit in your life to do the work of God in your life, you're dead. And you need to be moved back into the life of the Spirit. And there's no one who can do that greater than Christ. Christ working in your life, Christ working in my life, Christ working in the lives around us. Tony Dungy said this, he said, Can we not just greet each other with love and respect? I know that seems impossible, he went on to say. But it's possible if we let and lead with the love of Christ. Retired NFL coach Tony Dungy, who says this world is hurting right now more than it's ever hurt because we don't love one another with the love of Christ. So the work's laid out before us. 
The clipboard is full to overflowing with work orders that we, the people of God, need to do. And the mission field, the field, the harvest is ripe. Everywhere you work, everywhere you walk, you can make a difference for Christ. You're leaving here to go eat with someone. Will you share the love of Christ with them? Will you share what you learned this morning with them? Or maybe you'll go sit at a table with someone that you need to ask for forgiveness from. Because until we start to do the work, folks, we're not going to change. The weekend ended, or is ending, and I was tasked again not with putting the pool up, but taking the pool down. And it's a rather large pool. And it's full of water. And so in my old-fashioned way, I grabbed a five-gallon bucket. And I began to bail the pool. So I'm leaning over the edge of the pool, taking a five-gallon bucket with my something-year-old back and scooping five gallons out at a time. And then I don't know what came over me. Maybe the pain in my back. I would like to think it was sweet inspiration. And I thought, you know, if I'll go pull the plug on this top tube, It'll deflate the top tube. And then when the top tube's finished, I can deflate, pull the plug on the second tube, and it will deflate the second tube. And then if I, if I do that right, maybe, just maybe, I can pull the plug on the third tube, and it will deflate also. So here's what I did. I walked over and I pulled the plug on the top tube. The pressure of the water inside the pool deflated the tube. The air came gushing out. So when I felt that air gushing out, what do you think I did? I reached down and I pulled the plug on the second tube, the one in the middle. And the pressure of the water inside deflated the tube. And the water began to run over. And it began to run over more. And it began to run over more as the walls began to be torn down that held the pool together. The pool of indifference, the pool of racism, the pool of sexism, the pool of classism. If we, the people of God, can deflate those walls, we can let the power of love flow out into the world. My grass got watered like it has never well. I can't say that in this country. My grass got watered very well that day. Because the water just ran over the edge. And by the time I had pulled the plug on the third tube, all I could think about was, world, why can't we do this? Why can't we deflate these walls? Why can't we let the love of God flow in our lives? Why do we have to be so firm and staunch in things that were taught to us that are wrong? We are the church. And Christ calls us to work. And Christ calls us by name to go to work. And the place we start is with ourselves. And if we can start with ourselves, then we can allow the walls to be broken down. And we, the people of God, can be empowered to go out into the world and love one another as we have been loved by God. Why? 
because the kingdom of heaven is near. It's so near, you can touch it. Let's all reach out and touch it and be vessels of change that bring the love of God to this world. Amen and amen.